Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we have not seen, based uh, on nothing but their weird descriptions. I'm Brantley. Now you can say your name. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's been a little bit. I am Albert, and I never mess up the intro, Brantley. Not one time. How dare I? Brantley's going to read for us this week. Brantley. To be fair, in the intro, I have exactly one line. I screwed that up, so... Okay. Clearly, I'm not an actor. <laughs> what do you got for us, Brentley? All right. This is a very, very special episode. Very um, special? Like, when we're dealing with drugs and AIDS and, like, uh, I don't know, sex trafficking and stuff? Parts of those might be in here. Okay. It's not an 80s very special episode. Oh, all right. It's just Is it just good? Like, I don't know. You've, you've hyped this up. We, okay. We got, we've been here for, like, 10 minutes, and you're like, I've got some good stuff. So this is better knock my socks off. This is Universal's, as in Universal Horrors, Inner Sanctum Movies. Okay. This is based on a, uh, actually here, a series of six low-budget, which is always fun, Universal Horror Movies starring Lon Chaney Jr., who is a favorite of ours. It's, isn't it nice to think of Universal as a studio that at one point was making, like, Was schlock? basically the Asylum. Uh, maybe not quite that low. No, there was a guy who he made horror movies, but he complained that he could make these highbrow, like intellectual horror movies, and then Universal just craps out these little monster movies and makes hun- makes a whole bunch of money. So basically, the asylum. Okay, fair which enough. Is great. And now they were like, they're classics and beautiful. <laughs> so I look forward in uh, forty years, and everybody's like, man, Atlantic Rim, what a great movie. I I say that today, apparently. I do not. <laughs> Anyways. It's based on the radio show and was produced in the 1940s. The Sardonic- I listened to the Inner Sanctum radio show. I have not seen these movies. And I don't know if I've heard any of the things that these episodes, like, because there were, it was a serialized thing, right? Where, like, different, yeah. or not serialized, <clears throat> what's the one where different... Anthology? Anthology style, yes. Where it's like a different horror story Which every is week. how these movies are. They had the Sardonic, Sardonic opening host, a talking head in a crystal ball, and was featured in the first five films. What was dropped for the sixth one? Where they, Why, you've committed to it for six films, and then they get to the seventh one, or the, to, committed to it for five films. You get to the sixth one, you're like. The sixth one, they also added a bunch of, uh, like, comedy side characters to kind of lighten the grim tome of these mystery <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> okay. But whatever. Anyways. First up, starting in 1943, we have Calling Dr. Death. Calling Dr. Death. Calling Dr. Death. Dr. Death to Which the neonatal Which is only better ward. if he's an actual doctor named Death. <laughs> and he's just like, I chose the poor wrong career. <laughs> I'm a pediatrician. And he's like, hello, my name is Dr. Death. And they're like, what? Like, no, no. I, I'm here to help your baby get better. It's just a, it's a family name where I'm from. I don't know what this accent is I'm doing. I don't think anyone... It's vaguely Germanic. Is it? Vaguely. Sure. (laughs) Anyways, Lon Chaney Jr. plays a neurologist plagued by a faithless wife. He suffers a bout of... She's like, she doesn't believe in God or something? Um, It's the 40s, so maybe. Okay. He suffers a bout of insanity, blacks out, and loses all track of time, which is kind of how blackouts work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Or, like, going to sleep and things. <laughs> Just anytime you're not conscious, you're pretty much not looking at your clock. Although I will say, like, I do wake up pretty much the same time every morning, so. Yeah, I've been doing, like, 10 o'clock in the morning every day. Okay, well, more? I'm more along the lines of 545, so. Well, you have children. <sighs> Upon returning to his home, he discovers that his wife has been murdered. 
She didn't have enough faith. Dramatic, you know, stink is 40. Probably not that one. Aware of his wife's infidelity and believing he could be the killer, Steele asked his office nurse Stella, Ma- um, Stella Madden to help him recover his lost memories through hypnotism. Wait, wait, wait. He finds... Oh, okay. He, does, he knows that he's lost time. He knows that he had, you know, some kind of blackout while he was technically still conscious, and then she's dead and he was aware of her cheating on him. He's like, I don't want to go to the cops, but it could be me. Let's double check before I talk to them. <laughs> Get the hypnotism kit out. This is I, I. I thought when you started that scene, like or that that sentence. I'm sorry, with the words aware that he knew about his wife cheating and that, you know, all this stuff. I was. I thought you were gonna say the cops were very suspicious of him and he's on the run. But no, he's just like it could be me, guys. <laughs> what if it's me? That's that is a twist right there. Right. He's like I like the fact also it's not it's not it's not a twist exactly. He's ahead of the twist. Like that would be the end of a lot of worse movies and he's like I saw those movies and I'm worried I might be in Even one of them. Even though it's the 40s and they haven't been made yet. Uh well no the 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 first book, story that I ever read that was a uh, lost memory murderer was written in like the 1880s I want to say. So the trope has been around since at least then. Fair enough. How does it go? Is that it? That's it for the first oh, of the okay. Inner Sanctum films. Oh, man. I thought that there was going to be more, too. I realize that they're kind of like short little doodads. But yeah, they're short, except for one of them. Most of them are pretty short because there's, you know, six of them. <laughs> right, right. I was expecting more. I wonder how this plays out. Like that, I'm just, I'm legitimately interested in that movie. I'm probably going to go watch it after this, but I had to cover for the show so I could do that. Here's the twist I'm expecting. It's the hypnotist. It's his ner- uh, is a nurse or assistant. Wait, nurse. Yeah. Also, who is Doctor Death? It's him. It's him. I mean, this is you know they have artsy titles. Okay, okay, okay. It's not like new. That is not artsy. Guns. That's that is as schlock as it gets. Paging <laughs> Doctor Death. Calling uh, Doctor Death. Sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, but the, the okay. So the hypnotist did it. Made him forget. Like made him black out. Suggested to him that he would want to come to. Is it a girl hypnotist? Yeah, it's his nurse. Um, come to her. Stella Madden. Right. She wants him, and she's mad at the wife for cheating on him. And so she plants this in his mind, but then, I don't know. I was going to say, if, the, if she wants him thing doesn't make it fit with her going to frame him by making him think that he did it. Or she's in league with the guy that the wife was cheating on him with. And it's like, we can get rid of both of them. Or she's in love with the guy that she's che- the wife is cheating with. Also possible. Oh, okay. Okay. There's some turns this could take. All right. All right. I like the hypothetical where this is going. I kind of <laughs> wish I knew now. You're going to have to let me know when you watch it. Okay. What's next? Up next is Weird Woman. From okay. 1944. It's a little less, kind of more basic title. <laughs> it seems a little sexist. Just like. Oh, oh, strap yourself in, Al. <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a proto version of the crazy ex-girlfriend this, trope? This movie just feels skeezy to me. Okay. okay. Professor Norman Reed, Lon Chaney Jr., Falls Is it Norman? Up. Oh, it's Norman Reedus who's in The Walking Dead, right? I guess. I don't know. I'm going to just imagine that it's him now with his right. crossbow. Falls in love with and marries an exotic woman named Paula while on vacation in the South Seas. Exotic means not white. European. Not yeah, okay. white, yeah. Okay. Also, Paula, the oh. most, you know, exotic of names. <laughs> well, again, a lot of people, the places colonized, but I'm just getting ready for the sexism mixed in with racism here. When they return to his hometown, she's greeted coolly by much of the community, because small town in 1940s America. They've all got their shades on and, like, their backwards baseball hats. 
<laughs> Leather up, jackets bro? all across the town. <laughs> they all give her the rock on sign in unison. It's actually the mayor is deep. the Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> By much of the community, especially Alona, who felt that Reed was hers. A- e- Alona? Uh, 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 it sounds like you said Aloner. Alona. I L O N A. Now that sounds like an exotic right? name. But no, no, Paul is the exotic one. <laughs> okay. Strange things begin to happen, including the death of a colleague, which turns people against her even more, especially if she believes in voodoo and other supernatural phenomena. I, you which know, I've got to say, I'm not, kind like, of. I'm not getting the skis yet. Is, is the skis still coming? Because I feel like it's just sort of, right now, it's woman comes home, like, experiences racism. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm getting the sign. Continue. Read. Must work hard to prove her innocence and find the real culprit behind the strange doings. Here it comes. There are several women who act weird in this movie. It's difficult to say definitely which one is the weird woman of the title. <laughs> Besides his wife and previous girlfriend, there are female college students who want to spend time with Professor Reed. That doesn't seem that weird. No, it's it's Lon Chaney Jr. That dude is super doughy. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a mean dig at him at the end. I love Lon Chaney Jr., sir, but that dude is not the buffest guy in the round. Okay, fair enough. And at this point, he's like post Wolfman, right? So this is right around Wolfman. Yeah, I think I think this is the same year as Wolfman. Okay, okay. I, I, I other than the fact that his that last sentence is just kind of editorializing. Other than the fact that his <laughs> wife is possibly the titular Why are all these weird girls woman into him. <laughs> other than that, I think uh, this actually sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those. I don't have an idea of what the answer is to this one, but I like the sort of red herring of potential voodoo or maybe there's actual voodoo i i'm imagining that there will be some voodoo things pop up but then it's eventually explained away right but this is also an excellent setup what do we got next next up we have dead man's eyes dead man's eyes oh no which is a decent title it's pretty good yeah also yeah. from 44 so these came out the same year can they see the dead like, man's gun they were pumping these out like i'm a, i think the first one was like the very end of 33 and then it's like the next two came out 44 and the next two were 45. Now, you say, so these are all full-length movies, like hour and I a half? I mean, feature length is at, at least 40 minutes, so somewhere around there. Oh, these are, f- like, I don't 45? know how, I don't know their length. I'm just okay, saying, like, okay. to be considered feature length, it has to be 40 minutes long, so. I would not consider, if we go to Rampage tonight and I see a 40-minute movie, I'm going to be annoyed, disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Artist Dave Stewart, Lon Chaney Jr., is blinded by a jealous assistant using acid. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Also, themes of adultery going on here and jealousy, I guess. Well, that's a pretty typical, <laughs> I don't, you know, like this sort of gothic horror right. type thing. I mean, it's not exactly gothic horror. It's a, you know, past that, but it's still kind of early. It's what would, I think, morph into the couples having sex and getting murdered by Jason trope. Fair enough. That, that's what I'm th- thinking anyway. Anyways, the father of his fiance offers an operation to restore his sight, but Sewer will have to wait until the man dies. I think the, like, eye donor. Uh, wait. Like he's is, his, the- is his father-in-law offering to do the operation? I think he's doing the operation, but he has to wait for the, like, donor to die so he can get their eyes. Okay. That's what I think. Again, I haven't seen the movie as per the title. The structure of that sentence was confusing yes. to me. I, that or he's waiting for the yeah, guy to die. He's like, you can have my eyes when I die. <laughs> okay. well, you're only 23. Yeah, I don't know why you're dating my daughter. She's like four. Ah, it's a Shakespeare story. 
Anyways, the benefactor dies a premature death, and Stuart becomes a suspect. Okay, okay. I could see... I, I also suspect. I mean, that's where I thought this was going. Is my that my he, question is, is it more interesting if he already has the eyes, or if he's on the run while having, you know, no eyes? And she has, like, his fiance has to help him. Oh, it's definitely more interesting if he's blind. Yeah. I think uh, there's a, there's not enough movies like that. One of the cool things in... Uh, Oh, the quiet place was the people who are deaf and like don't have the benefit of being able to hear these things coming at them, which is or hear any sound they'll be making. Oh yes, or that which I thought was honestly that was one of the things that I thought if if I was going to be taken out of the movie by any details, I thought like how are you going to train a deaf person to be quiet? They have they do go over it a little bit where they have like spots marked on the floor mm-hmm. where they can walk, but it it just seems and the like sand paths. Yeah, and it, no shoes ever. It seems like in an entire lifetime, there would be things that you wouldn't know would make sounds that... Especially considering it's, like, at most two years the creatures have been around. Okay, right. It's not a whole lifetime. But still, that's a, that's relatively long for a person to live yeah. without making a sound, not knowing what a sound is. At least from personal experience. I guess she can kind of hear things if they're really high frequency. But other than that, she doesn't have much concept of it. Anyways, I got back to movies we had sidetracked. Seen. <laughs> yes, back to that. Up next, we have The Frozen Ghost from 1945. Oh, yeah, one of those frozen ghost dinners that they sell in the freezers. <laughs> <laughs> it's better if you can get a fresh ghost. You know, Wednesday, Wendy's ghosts are fresh and never frozen, Brantley. Did you That's know that? That's what I had for lunch. <laughs> when famous radio hypnotist Alex Gregor, launch any Jr. You know, it's not that hard to hypnotize a radio. <laughs> oh, they're pretty much look it believes it's playing music <laughs> wait i can hear the wait i hypnotized you hypnotized? <laughs> when he actually causes the death of an audience member during a broadcast his guilt leads him to break off his engagement to maura daniel and take a job at a wax museum wait he's hypnotizing his entire audience over the radio over the ra- like not ugh. and that causes someone to die well, I assume he's like... You Don't know, listen he, to radio hypnotist while driving, guys. It's not safe. <laughs> that, too. But I was just thinking, like, it's like, you feel like you're a chicken. And then, like, just all start... Who is the, who is benefiting from this, too? Like, the whole great thing about hypnotism is, like, you if you're doing it as a per- performance, you can watch the person make a fool out of themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you convince them that they're wet, right and their feet are wet and they need to take their socks off or something it's just like oh that guy's acting in a way different than he normally would that's entertaining if you're hypnotizing the whole audience who is entertained by that they just wake up and like well that was weird somehow it's enough to get him famous though yeah well maybe he's i don't know i was gonna say like a quit smoking thing but at this point that wasn't even everything people wanted to do (laughs) you were weird if you didn't also, he quits, breaks up with this girl, and goes to work at a wax, wax museum. Yeah, the breaking up, I, I guess it's just, like, guilt, but it does it, it does not follow for I me. I mean, it's a Cheney Jr. character, so yeah, he's guilty and tragic. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the, but wax museum. Yeah, that, that's also a non-sequitur. I guess he, <laughs> he I guess he quit his job and like, he's like, I can't do this anymore. I, yeah, that's understandable. With and the, he, like, runs out in the street and he's like, wait a minute, I, I need money. <laughs> oh, what? yeah. I think I had to make money somehow. <laughs> Commercialism. Wax museum. My only, no, my only tr- skill is hypnotism. What can I do? 
I'll go work in a place. Maybe that is. Maybe he wants to work like away from people. Maybe that's it. Okay. He's just like, I will work among. And then he like he he goes to work in the wax museum. The guy's like, yes, all our people are wax. And the the like the customers come in the next day. He's like, what is this nonsense? Well, the people do pay to see the wax guys. <laughs> I wanted solitude. Now I'm here selling tickets. Yeah, he, uh, okay, so. <laughs> Jealousy over the attention paid to his new coworkers. So, yeah, he's like, I just can't, I literally went to the least popular place I can find, a wax museum, and I'm still getting followed. <laughs> no, I will not make you cluck like a chicken. Stop asking. <laughs> oh, 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 so, so somebody's mad that people are still like, come in here and hypnotize me, hypnotize me. Or that he's just getting attention because he was famous. I guess, yeah. Mentally unbalanced sculptor Rudy Polden. It causes him to lash out at museum owner Valerie Monet and her niece Nina in a horrifying fashion. I guarantee so, you they murder. end up as part of the exhibits. Uh, yeah, that's... A hundred percent. If it's anything remotely close to horror and there's a wax museum, there's people in there. Like with the wax on top of them? Yes. Or just like weirdly Or there preserved? was um one movie, I can't remember what it's called, but it has uh, Dick Miller in it. And he's a sculptor. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of a failing sculptor. But then he accidentally kills a cat and just like... This is Bucket of Blood. Yes, that. Great movie. Yes, it is. Great movie. They made the original um, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, like They had the sets like built finished, for yeah. Bucket of Blood. And they're like, we've got these for two more days. Let's make Little Shop of Horrors. And just like all the actors and everybody else just reprised their roles and just did the thing. It was amazing. Uh, I love the original Little Shop of Horrors. But the original Bucket of Blood is also... Just great. In a kind of a schlocky way, but really dig it. All right. Up next, we have Strange Confession. They've got like peaks and valleys of these titles. What was the last one? I forget. Last one was The Frozen Ghost. Frozen? Also, the title there, compared to like what the description of the movie was not great. I guess. Assuming that the Wax Museum comes in. Wax Bodies. Yeah. Maybe. Anyways. Jeff Carter, Lon Chaney Jr., bless you. That was is, the dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is testing a vaccine for influenza. Ooh. <laughs> he is working for tycoon Roger Graham, who takes the credit in the profit for Jeff's discovery. Roger cares more about profits than safety. Wait. Wait, you know what? If, like, this guy's paying... I don't know why the credit is so important to him. Like, this guy's hired a scientist. He's like, I want you to find a, a vaccine for influenza, and I'm going to sell it. And I'm going to make the money. Like, that seems like a pretty standard setup. Yeah. Let the guy have his credit. I understand the problem. With- Let the guy have his credit, and then you can keep them on and keep profiting off the guy. Yeah. Also, don't, don't be unsafe, because that's not cool. Yeah, no. Jeff resigns and is blacklisted by his boss. This is less horror and more just kind of depressing. <laughs> This is like also, depressing like, and slightly realistic look at just how this kind of plays out. Well, the fact that there's like a blacklist of influenza researchers. I, I, I'm not I saying mean, that that couldn't be the case, but it doesn't seem like. The I mean, kind just of, like make the guy look like he's incompetent, a terrible worker and things like you that. You just won't give him a good reference. Yeah, just like make it look like he was awful and just like all his experiments led to people dying or something. He heads to South America, because apparently Lon Chaney just likes to run away, to perfect the formula. Wait, who does? Oh, the scientist who yeah, got Jeff. fired? Okay. Graham has used this opportunity to release the drug and romance Jeff's attractive wife, Mary. 
he left his wife behind <laughs> also like i love this villain this guy's just like he's, over the top he's like you know what? i'm gonna spend my life being evil and ruining this guy did he i gotta i i've gotta question whether lon chiny jr at some point like beat this guy up in middle school and he's just been <laughs> planning this the whole time <laughs> i will make this guy's life horrible <laughs> I will get him to discover influenza vaccine. I will take the credit. I will take the money. I will make it look unsafe, and he'll take the blame. He'll run away to South America, and then and I'll, then I'll his steal wife. his wife. <laughs> when Jeff hears that his <laughs> son has seventh died, grade notebook. <laughs> he takes revenge. Wait. Presumably from the drug okay. that had yet to be perfect- perfected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Wow, this guy's life sucks. Yeah. Again, he's a Lon Chaney character. Yeah, but he, I think even more so than usual. This is like, like this, this is, is the this trials is... of Job. <laughs> Modern day. That was the most complete one. Is that the last one? There is one more. Okay. That one feels like, well, maybe not the most complete one, but a lot of these have felt like they sort of leave off before I, you really can sink your teeth into mm-hmm. it. But that one, I'm like, okay, I see like the path this boulder, boulder's rolling <laughs> down. All right. Our final, the final and the inner sanctum is Pillow of Death. <laughs> Which is I would like, like to remind you... Is this like a prequel to Deathbed, the bed that eats? <laughs> I would like to remind you, this is the one where they dropped the uh, narr- or the uh, host and brought in more comedy characters. <laughs> it, uh, also, I, can do you have any idea about this host at all? Like, uh, It's a head in the crystal ball. Okay. You said he was sardonic. I yeah, that's have to the admit, I given. don't know what that word means right off the top of my head. I believe it's similar to sarcastic or like a dry wit. Grimly mocking or cynical, Ha-ha. according to the dictionary on Google. All right. So, attorney Wayne Fletcher, Cheney Jr., intends to divorce his wife and marry his secretary. Hilarious! Because of a wealthy family. Wait, his secretary? What? Why is she his secretary if she they comes... They felt she should get a job and be a modern woman. Don't judge her. I guess, but, like... With your misogyny? Well, no, but she's <laughs> she's in this very servile position of being a secretary. I think the misogyny is pretty built into the culture around her, and yeah. <laughs> that that's not my fault. I'm just saying, if, if you're, like, the rich woman who's like, I'm going to go out and make a name for myself, you don't go be like, I'm going to go answer the phone for people. And take dictation. <laughs> yes. When the wife is found suffocated to death, he naturally becomes the suspect. Which is also, fair. I gotta say, this guy's life, pretty, like uh, in the sort of madman scale of, I guess, male chauvinism, you know, awesomeness. It, it like he's got the wife, he's got the hot secretary. The hot secretary is not only hot, but she's rich, mm-hmm. and he's gonna run away with her. Yeah. Like, I've, I hope that it just was him and that he gets arrested and goes to jail. As others are killed in the same manner, and a phony medium also claims Fletcher is guilty, <laughs> Fletcher begins to imagine his dead wife is communicating with him, making it even more difficult for him to prove his innocence. What was the... What I was, just love the idea of the... Or I don't love the idea, but the in the movie, like, a pillow-toting serial killer. Is that what... I, I missed the method of... Uh, well, it's suffocation. Killing. The movie's called Pillow of Death. Okay. So it's somebody just running around suffocating people with pillows. With like, and it's like a nice frilly pillow, too. He has the same one. He takes the murder no, yeah, It's much better him. if he has his own pillow that he murders me with. That way he doesn't leave evidence behind. Uh, the, <laughs> we, 
Do you ever think, I don't think this is accurate, but there's a part of me, like, the, like especially when you're a kid, you see people trying to suffocate people with pillows, you think, that probably wouldn't kill me. I mean, you can put a pillow on your face and you can still kind of breathe a little bit. Right. But, you know, you're not, like, compressing it down on your face. I guess that's, I guess that's the thing, yeah. Also, this was more, like, downy feather pillows. I've always so. also thought if I was, if somebody was trying to choke me, I would try to fake going limp sooner than I actually went limp and hope that they would let me go. And then I would, like, be able to escape or something. Yeah. If you're ever choking me to death, I'm faking it. Choke him for a Keep little bit longer than you think. For, like, a minute. Because <laughs> I'm going to be holding on. Anyway, is that it for that movie? That's it for that movie. That's it for the Inner Sanctum. I... This is a cool idea. This is similar to what we have today, I think, with, like, the Cloverfield franchise, mm-hmm. where it's just sort of all thematically similar. Um, and Yeah, a lot of things of, like, um, adultery and things like that, yeah. Yeah, but it's all very separate stories, and I don't think back in the day they had heard of the... Well, they had definitely heard of the shared universe, because Universal had invented that, but... Not maybe doing it with these kinds of stories. I mean, this was with the Wolfman, so they'd had the other ones, but yeah. This is I, I, this is a good a good idea. We need to have more of these, Brantley. Yeah. I mean, not of this specific one. I'm just saying, like, Hollywood needs to do more anthologies. Mm-hmm. That'll do it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this, don't forget to tell a friend, tweet about us, put it on Facebook. Uh, you can go over to our Patreon.com at patreon.com slash too weird didn't watch. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.